Welcome to the Build a Bigger Life podcast with Adam Carroll. Every podcast that comes out from Build a Bigger Life will be impactful and can change your life if and will you take action on on uh, what you're hearing. You're about to hear how someone chose life over lifestyle. Someone doing more of what they love and less of what they don't. Someone creating a life of fulfillment and purpose. No more BS or excuses. I'm going to have the life that I want to have. I love the people that have come into my life this year just out of the sheer intention of being open. Or you're just getting to know Adam. Just know this is what he bleeds. This is what he lives. His kids can preach this message. You're in the right place if you want to build a bigger life. Here's your host, Adam Carroll. Hey, lifers, it's Adam Carroll, the host of Build a Bigger Life. On today's show is Derek Hendricks. Derek Hendricks and I met at a Jack Canfield event and became fast friends. The guy is uh, on a mission. He's the original synchronicity surfer. He is a guy that is riding the wave of life, helping entrepreneurs create an authentic and passion-centered business. And what I love most about Derek is you will hear the story today of how Derek went from multi-millionaire playboy to enlightened world traveler. And I can assure you the lessons he shares are absolutely life-changing. So without further ado, Derek Hendricks, welcome to the Build a Bigger Life podcast. Hey, Adam. Thanks so much for having me, man. I'm really excited about this today. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for taking the time, buddy. All these um, uh, recordings all start the same. What is something that you love about your life right now? What do you love about your life? I love it when people ask me that question. I'll tell you what. I just came back from Las Vegas, and I actually didn't gamble, so I love that. But uh, I was down there with uh, Jack Canfield's Breakthrough to Success. I was actually volunteering as an assistant, which is just an amazing thing to do. And I'll tell you, the thing that really clicked with me when I was down there is I was helping people that were breaking through blocks that they had, which was just such an honor. And sometimes it was little ones, sometimes it was big ones, and it was anywhere in between. But, man, it was just such a good feeling to be there to know that I'm just giving to these people and there was nothing expected in return, but just, just you know, straight up being present and being given. It was cool. It was a really beautiful experience, man. That's awesome. That is true service freedom, isn't it? Being Absolutely. Be there expecting nothing in return and help people get where they want to go. That's, uh, that's like the ultimate. Yeah. Um, so Derek, I introduced you as the original synchronicity surfer. Uh, your website is synchronicitysurfing.com, and you are a guy who rides the wave of life. What does that mean exactly? You know, that's man, you're just full of great questions today, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, uh, it's really kind of my story of getting to the point of being a synchronicity surfer and just really riding that wave of life. And how that started with me is just back in the day between zero and five, um, everything was going great. I had my best friend, which was my dad, my leader. Had my mom, had my two best friends, which were my sisters. But at the age of five, uh, my mom decided to leave my dad because he wouldn't stop partying. So it was unfortunate, but it happened. And by the time I was six years old, she actually remarried her high school sweetheart. And cool enough, they've been married for 36 years now. Um, but by the time I was six and a half years old, man, I was asking my mom questions like, you know, if you had to choose between me, my sisters, and our stepfather, who would you choose? Obviously, those are big questions for a six-and-a-half-year-old to be asking. And by the time I was seven years old, man, I was actually unfortunately molested by my stepbrother. 
Mm-hmm. So between about seven and 16, man, I developed a new attitude and a new way of life called Me Against the World. You might have heard of uh, Tupac Shakur's song out there. Yeah. And then I, and then I developed my, my second theory was that rich people seem like they're having fun. I'm just going to grow up and be rich because then all of my problems will go away. So between 16 and 25, man, some college, had fun, odd and in jobs. But then at 25, I just decided it was time to get my life started. And by the time I was 32, I was a multimillionaire and things were going great. You, you just, I was on top of the world, right? But what happened is the economy started crashing and things started happening. And all those issues that I had not dealt with before, they started coming back out. Mm. And so then I just started making bad decision after bad decision after bad decision, man. And eventually to the point where I ended up bankrupting just myself and ended up bankrupting the company. I mean, we had all the toys. We had the Porsches, the condos, the cars. I mean, you name it. The places being built around the world. It was a fun ride. But at the end of the day, man, I found myself laying there on the couch one day where I'd been laying for month after month. Up, and I just couldn't get off the couch. And on the weekends, I was just drinking myself into the ground because all these things that just had held me back, they were, they were just weights on my shoulders. And I decided this little something got in the back of my head and, and it said to me, it said, hey, if you don't reach out and ask for some help, man, you're gonna, may not, you may never get off this couch. Hmm. And so I got right there on my hands and knees. And for the next four hours, man, I ended up praying. And I prayed so much and so loud, dude, that I was screaming. In fact, I was thinking later, because I lived in a loft downtown that had three-foot concrete walls, that if anybody would have heard this, they probably would have thought there was a murder going on inside my apartment. <laughs> the reality was there was. It was me. It was I was letting go all the things that didn't serve me. Yeah. But then I thought, you know what? It's probably time to reach out even further. And that's when I got introduced to Jack Canfield. I went to his BTS, and man, he showed me the way to get rid of the limiting beliefs. He showed me the way to get rid of the things that weren't serving me more. He showed me the way to be able to start hanging around with the people that were not helping me out and start surrounding myself with people that I could believe in and, and showed me how to just start trusting my own decisions, things I was making. Hmm. And since then, man, life just keeps getting better and better and better. It's, and I'll it's, tell you. Sorry to interrupt. The, it's an amazing, um, when you mentioned BTS, for those that don't know, it's Breakthrough to Success, which is a Jack Canfield uh, week-long program that he does. But what's amazing is his all of his programming and really people who go through it, they realize – I think number one, and it's the number one success principle in the book, the success principles is uh, take 100% responsibility for your life. And we tend to grow up with with this belief that that our life is not ours, that it's what happens to us. And and so there are excuses like, well, my, you know, my dad wasn't part of my life or, you know, the terribly unfortunate things that happened to you with your stepbrother any of those things, we we begin to let that pollute and change how we look at the world, right? And in reality, what I hear you saying is you get rid of all of that and realize that you are the only one who has control over the meaning you give to it and things begin to change for you. Oh, man, you couldn't, couldn't have said any better, dude. There's this uh, equation that he teaches all of us and it's E plus R equals O. And it's the event. Anything Anything can happen to us. But it's the R, which is the response, equals the outcome. The E plus the R equals the O. And the only thing that you have control of, and the only thing I have control of my life, is the response that I'm going to have to anything that happens to me. And once I really took that value and I incorporated that into my daily living, 
that's when things really started happening for me. That's mm-hmm. when I realized that I'm in the driver's seat. Now I'm the one running this ship. And wherever I decide to let it go, that's exactly where it's going to go. It's absolutely one of the most amazing things uh, I've ever been to in my life. And it turned my life around, man. And since then, things just keep getting better and better. So tell me, tell the audience here a little bit about your major life transformation. Because you went from the high, high to the market tanks, the business crashes, you're still making bad decisions. You're kind of, I remember you saying you were sort of emotionally and morally bankrupt at the time. And and you made a pretty bold choice about what you were going to do moving forward. Talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. So I dubbed this called Subject to Change. And uh, what I decided is actually after December 31st, 2013, after having a, it was supposed to be a special night, New Year's, which they always seem like they don't turn out that way. Yeah. Um, but the next morning I woke up and you would say I was slightly hung over there hanging out. But uh, I realized there was just absolutely something had to change that. Something had to change. You know, there, there's three three rules of life. If you don't go after what you want, you'll never have it, right? And and if you don't ask the questions, the answer will always be no. The last one is, if you don't step forward, you'll always be in the same place. Hmm. And I just realized that that's what's not going to happen. So I decided come June 1st, 2014, that I was going to sell my house. I was leaving town no matter what. The, the line in the, in the sand was drawn, and I was crossing it. And what's interesting about that, and that's where the synchronicity came in, is once I made that decision in my life and I started doing the things to start moving towards that day, things started opening up. I tried to sell my uh, furniture and the things that I owned, but I ended up donating like 85, 90% of what I owned to the veterans who could use it a lot more than I could. And I got to tell you, want to talk about an amazing thing to do and a way to get rid of a lot of stuff that just drags us back down. Um, all of a sudden, doors started opening up for me. People were smiling a lot more. Um, Parking, you know, parking spaces started opening up in the front row, which is minuscule, but it's still, it's just like five weeks in a row I had a front row, front row parking lot pull up to an appointment I have every week, which in a really crowded area, so that was just so cool. Yeah. But, you know, I still had stuff going on in the background. I still had the bankruptcy going. I, I still had two or three lawsuits hanging over my head for my old business. Um, there was still uh, health issues going on in the background, but it didn't matter. I decided this is what I'm doing. This is where I'm going. And within that, I started finding my passions. And my passions were really what got me in alignment with who I am. Because mm-hmm. once I had my, my passion suit on, kind of like Superman has his passion, has his suit on, there was literally nothing that could stop me. And so come June 1st, man, me and my best friend, he flew into town. We loaded everything that I basically had left in my truck. We got on the road, and we just started driving, man. And uh, I actually drove for the next few months. It was absolutely beautiful. And that's where the synchronicity actually came in. I met a gentleman, and he taught me. I said, you know, all these cool things are happening since I've made this decision. He goes, yeah, that's what I call synchronicity serving. And I was like, no, that makes a lot of sense to me. When I decide what I want and I go after it, the universe will start aligning itself to give me these things. And so then I came up with, you know what, this is like riding the wave of life. Tons and they're just so much fun. That's so much awesome, fun. man. So when you when you are synchronicity surfing, you do this on a daily basis, and we spend some time together at numerous Canfield events, and and um, and you would go, oh, that's synchronicity, and all oh, that synchronicity. Do you think that we're just not open to it? That people just generally don't, you know, see the the synchronistic events that are happening around them. 
You know, I think that's a great question because the huge part of going down this path that I chose to walk down that you do and a lot of people out there choosing is really self-awareness. It's becoming aware of the things that are going on inside you. Mm-hmm. But I really think that people have things that, that hold them down. It's kind of like, do you remember in the old Italian movies, the mobsters, they would put uh, the concrete um, buckets on the guy's feet and give yep. him their last swim? Yep. I really feel like those are the same type of things that happen to us, but emotionally inside. Mm-hmm. We let these things that are just weighing us down, and we're fighting so hard and so hard to get our heads above water. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, once you can shed those things, all of a sudden, things start coming into your awareness. There's actually this thing called the RAS, the Reticular Activating System. And what that does is that allows you to see things that are important to your life. So it's kind of like when you decide that you want to do your, let's say your refrigerator goes out, right? And all of a sudden, you need a new refrigerator. Well, the next day, you open up the newspaper or you look online, and guess what? There's been a sale for refrigerators. Yep. You're like, oh, my goodness, this is amazing. The reality was your awareness was opened up. And your awareness is bringing the things in that are actually supporting you. And that's really what it boils down to is just being aware, being in alignment and being aware of the things that you really want to come into your life. And when you do that, all of a sudden those doors start opening up or you start running into those people by chance or, or you just there's I mean, it happens to me all day long now that I'm absolutely aware of it yeah. but in Vegas time and time again. And, and I know that when I'm doing the things and I'm supporting the people I'm supposed to be supporting in the world. That's when they really show up for me. Yeah. That's when they really show up. I helped this guy by the name of Michael, and he was struggling in, in one of the exercises we were doing. And we helped him get through it and came up with some line. It was a team of us working there. And then later on, I was putting that in my victory log because we should all keep a victory log of the things that we do do well. Um, I started walking down uh, through the area where we were actually having the conference, and I started plugging that in my victory log. And just when I got done and I looked up, literally Michael was walking right past me. <laughs> now you tell you tell me, man. Is that not synchronicity surfing or what? It just when you are in alignment with the things that are supposed to be happening to you, everything starts coming into your awareness. Yeah, everything just starts showing up. It's beautiful, man. So you know one of, one of the core tenets, Derek, of of building a bigger life, and these are all in the downloadable "Build a Bigger Life" blueprint on the website, is uh, asking bigger questions. And, and I think that, that generally speaking, we don't ask big enough questions in life. And that example of Michael and writing it in the, in the victory log, which I love that idea, um, reminded me of uh, a situation I had where I was wanting more speaking engagements at one point. And my friend, uh, Mitch Matthews, who has a, a podcast as well uh, called the Dream Think Do Podcast, Mitch had said, hey, just ask for it on the way to work today, on, on the way into your office, just ask. I want one dropped out of nowhere. Just put it right in my lap, you know, a gig that I didn't expect. And literally no sooner was I there, Derek, I'd maybe been in my office for an hour, talked to one of my coworkers, came back to my office, picked up my uh, voicemail. And the first uh, voicemail in there was a school that said, hey, this is late notice, I know, but we would love to have you here next week if you have time in your schedule. And, And I think that the whole idea of synchronicity, sometimes we, we miss out because we're not even, we're not looking for it. We're not asking for it. Right. And it's just being open, right? It is, man. It's being open. And dude, what you said is you got to ask for it, right? Again, you can only get something if you actually ask for it. Otherwise, the answer is always no. Mm-hmm. And there's so much of that about life. And so many people don't even feel like they can even ask for anything. But the reality is, is we're put on this earth to enjoy things that we want to enjoy. 
And to me, that's part of life. It's just really asking for the things that I really want in my life. And you know, I'll tell you, there's, there's, I'm actually writing a blog right now because I'm getting ready to do a teleseminar on finding your passion. And the word that I came up with was actually fraud. And I know that's always a scary word and people are like, oh my gosh, I don't like that word. Or maybe he's a fraud, who knows. But the reality is, is after I started working through this, it's how people are actually frauding or defrauding themselves. Hmm. And what I mean by that is, is people are with an F, they're always focusing on the money. They're, they're never focusing on just what's going to bring them happiness or, or being in the moment. They're always so focused on the money. And what that does, and, and what more importantly, what happens is people are always racing towards the next milestone, right? Our society, in fact, I just finished the second blog today. We're just always racing towards the next milestone or we got to hit the next quota or the daily quota or the weekly or the monthly or the yearly quota. The reality is all those things that we're racing towards we think are going to make us happy, but at the end of the day, they're really not. There's just the next milestone we're getting to. Mm-hmm. Um, Kathleen Seeley, um, she actually is one of my mentors and we just I just saw her down at uh, Jack Hanfield's stuff. You know, and one thing that she always asks people to say is when they want something is, what will that bring you? And when they say what the next thing is, what will that bring you? And ultimately, what it always boils down to is you want people to realize that it's the happiness that they have inside is the content of being with them, hmm. which is great because the next thing is the A for allowing, allowing outside influences to really help us make our own decisions. Now, there's good outside influences. But then there's usually more often there's going to be bad outside influence. Those are usually the generally the five people you're hanging around with. If they're not moving in the right direction in life, yep. you want to go. It's it's people that you're listening to that may have never done something that you're trying to accomplish. And if you grew up in the tape, same type of family I did, as you probably heard, money doesn't grow on trees. Or you got to go get a job for the next 40 years. Right. Then you can retire. Then you can start living life, right? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a great plan. <laughs> it's like the biggest sham they all want us to buy oh my gosh yes but but when it boils down to this stuff it's really it's the you of the word fraud it's it's underestimating your own value in this world and your own worth in this world Hmm. and that's what it means to be authentic that's what it means to really show up and be present that's what it means for me to really sit back and listen my biggest goal this year and probably every year from this point forward is just to be a great listener so I can really listen and really hear what people are trying to share with me. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, if you're, if you're driving, which is the D of fraud, is you, you're just, ultimately, if you don't do all these things, you're going to be driving in the wrong direction. And eventually, you're going to run out of road. Hmm. And that road runs out when you're, when you're laying there on your deathbed or you're getting ready to take the, you know, to pass on to the next world or whatever that looks like. Yeah. And you start asking yourself those big questions of like, man, what, did I do what I was here to accomplish? Or I read, an, I read a blog today where they were talking about, uh, they were actually talking about the five things that nurses hear from people mostly on their deathbeds. are like, I wish I wouldn't have worked that much. Or I wish I would have lived the life that I was wanting to live. And there's a whole laundry list of those things. But there's like those top five that, that people are really start asking themselves. And honestly, dude, I don't want to be one of those people on my bed saying, man, I wish I would have done dot, dot, dot dot, 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 is really just showing up, being the authentic me, living the life that I want to live. And because that's what I'm here to do, man, just to ride the wave of life, dude. So cool. So in the nature of the podcast being build a bigger life, Derek, what does it mean to you to build a bigger life? 
You know, it's that's a, that's a great question. To me, it's to build and create the life that I want to create. You know, who do I want to affect? I'm reading a great book right now that I want to share with everybody, and it's actually starts something that matters. It's by the guy Blake McCoskey who started the um, uh, the company called Tom's. Mm-hmm. And his little concept was was unheard of at the time when he actually did that. And he was traveling down in Argentina, and you know he saw that people need you know people and kids more importantly needed shoes down there. So his whole idea was he was going to take the national shoe, bring it back, and for every shoe that he sold, he was going to donate a shoe. And you know, so when it when I hear when you ask the question, what does it mean to me to build a bigger life? It means to be built, become part of something, to start something. Whatever it is where I can affect as many people as I possibly can in this world for the better. You know, they, they always say that if you can affect one person's life in this lifetime, you're, you've done your service. The reality is I want to affect thousands of people. So building a bigger life starts there. What is it something I can truly be a part of that's going to be a big movement? The other part about that is, is you know, what I love about his book is that he's actually doing that for profit. There's nothing wrong with actually making money, doing what yeah. you love, without actually supporting causes. Truly. Because I, I enjoy things. I enjoy things in life. My, my favorite things to do besides awesome, deep, great conversations like this, but is to traveling the world and going and, you know, engulfing myself in other, uh, other societies and see how they live and, and see what they do. I always go out of my way to try and learn, hey, how are you doing today? How's your day? I'm doing great. Just to show respect to whoever's country I happen to be in. Yep. You know, yep. and from there, man, I've just built a bigger life, dude. To me, there's there's like a thousand things to go on, but I don't think we have enough time today. <laughs> well, let me <laughs> let me ask you a specific question around it, Derek. You okay. at one point in your in your career in your business, it was about lifestyle for you. You mentioned the Porsches and the and the condos and and travel and all that good stuff. Um, but now. I mean, you, you mentioned you gave away 85 to 90% of your belongings. You packed it all in your pickup truck. I mean, what have you found in living simplistically? Because you've, you've basically sort of disavowed, you know, physical properties. I won't say forever, but, you know, for the time being, you certainly said all this baggage is doing nothing but kind of dragging me down. What have you discovered about that now that you, you don't have you know, the house hanging over your head and rooms full of furniture and all that good stuff. Man, I'll tell you, that's such an amazing question. And Adam, I have learned so much from this, you know, but what I, probably the biggest lesson I learned about all this is just allowing myself to be with myself, Hmm. not having to, to constantly be stimulated by something that's there or emotionally tied to something that's laying around. It's just truly being with myself and being comfortable with myself and knowing that no matter where I go or wherever I show up, then it's me. Hmm. Um, one of the other things that I've learned that were just so many, which is just, it's being authentic and, and through meditation and through, I actually did a 10 day silent meditation last year, um, down in Joshua tree, which in the middle of summer is not a great idea, <laughs> so just doing that. but to go to a 10 day silent meditation was just to quiet the voices in the inside. And one thing I found out, by going there and spending more time with myself is by day eight or nine or 10. Honestly, I didn't want to have to talk to anybody else anytime soon because the conversation inside was so clean and it was so clear and it was calmness and it was clarity and it was just relaxing. And, and that's probably the biggest gift I've found. And then what I, what I found out as a result of that 
is I've actually found out is that all of a sudden these amazing ideas start coming out mm-hmm. and all these things start coming out of me. And that's where it's like, wow, those questions that we all have to answer sooner or later, or at least you hope we all answer sooner or later of why am I here? What am I doing? And, you know, how do I want to spend my time? What is my legacy? They just naturally start to organically grow inside you and you just start aligning with what, again, it's all about alignment, man. It's all about coming to alignment and getting rid of all this stuff was probably the biggest gift. You know, people are like, they hear my story and they're like, gosh, man, that would suck going driving a Porsche to a Toyota truck. And I'm like, are you kidding me? That's like the greatest gift. (laughs) (laughs) I don't spend three grand a month on a payment. I don't spend a couple grand a year in insurance on it. I don't spend $500 replace a tire. And I don't have to worry about parking it when most people can't park it. I mean, dude, it's just those type of things that really clutter our life. When those things are gone, man, it's amazing how much easier life is and how much more fun it is. Well, and and there's got to be something about your whole notion of fraud and living a fraudulent life. Now, granted, I think some people buy those. They love them. They drive them. They're car aficionados or whatever. I think some people buy them because there's, there's... deep down an insecurity about what you know what who they are as a person perhaps and and i'm not saying it's just porsche drivers by any by any means (laughs) um but i think there's something to that that the stuff that we own doesn't really we don't own it it owns us and we buy it because we want we want it for what it shows or what it demonstrates or whatever instead of just this truly you know, like pure, like you said, a very authentic self about who we are. You know, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Now, I've been forced into this, if you want to call it force, to in the bankruptcy and they take all your assets and all that stuff away. But but the reality of it is, is what was I, I mean, it was a goal as every young man. I want to have a sports car, whether it was a Porsche or Ferrari, right? Because that's what we're taught. You know, this, you, know, you got to go work hard. You got to do this. You got to do ABC, check it off the list so you can get to that. And so I achieved a goal. So I'll, I'll never lose sight of the fact that I achieved a goal. But the reality was, what was it? What will that have brought me by having that Porsche? For me, it was notoriety. For me, it was like I'm right and my ego is right, more importantly, right? And it's really it was just feeding into those things. But at the end of the day, all I really wanted is just be happy inside. And when I had all that stuff, I was actually felt the most alone, the most disconnected, hmm. because I thought I had to have all the answers when everything crashed. And the reality is we don't. We've got to reach out. We've got to find somebody that can be, help us, a mentor, a coach, accountability partner, mastermind group, whatever it is you're looking to do in your life. But it's to reach out to, to people because the connection with people is what life is really about. And it's about being present. It's about being right there and being authentic with them. Hmm. But you can't do that until you get rid of the beliefs and the things that don't serve you anymore so you can realize who the authentic you is. And that's what I've done, man. And those, yeah. Now when I go to get something, I guarantee you it's a lot lot longer deciding process of going, do I really need this? Or is this just something that's actually going to try and feed me right now? Is yeah. this something I'm trying to feed me? right now and that's a much different place to come from man i bet it is um i mean i'm just looking around thinking of all the the creature comforts that are here and thinking oh i could get rid of all of these but if i got rid of all that it's like well i like my printer here and i kind (laughs) of like this stack of books over here and and uh and yet it doesn't really serve me to have you know i mean it's nice to have these things but 
if I didn't have them, it's not like I wouldn't be who I am, right? A- absolutely, man. Absolutely. So, I-, I will have to say, man, books are almost like my best friends these days. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> In fact, I-, I can't even put them down. Everybody's like, oh, you should download it on Kindle. I'm like, why? I like having the hard bound. <laughs> I've got a little system in here that actually is tabbed and each one of these have whether it's business and quotes and affirmations or lists and then I actually go through the book and I tab my books now. I mean the, these things are my uh, my new way of living life and really my best friend. So I don't think I'll ever leave books behind again. But, That's awesome. But I, I get what you're saying though, right? Especially here. we In America, we have so many amazing, what you call them? Cre- uh, Creature j- comforts? Just comforts. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. And, you know, they're amazing. They're, they're nice to have. And if you can afford them, great. There's nothing wrong with buying the things you want to buy if you can afford them. And not sitting around trying to tell that's a big deal. But at the end of the day, man, I, I don't need the things because they don't make up me. It kind of, it kind of is the saying that we all grew up with, right? It, it's, it's not the shoes that make the man. It's the man that makes the shoes. And, and the rea- or woman, for that fact. And the reality is, at the end of the day, it's truly the person that is – the person that's showing up to play every day, the person that's showing up to be the authentic self. That's really what it's about. That's awesome. Um, so I got a couple rapid fire questions for you here, Derek. Absolutely. Uh, how many times, give me the ballpark best guess estimate here. Number of times you fell asleep in your 10 day meditation. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe once or twice. I'll tell you, man. First four or five days, you've never felt pain like that before, man. It was the most excrete. I was thinking it was going to be mental pain. It was the most physical pain I think I'd felt in the first four days because you're literally meditating for 12 hours a day. And you, you have breaks in between, but your body will go through some of the most excruciating pain you've ever felt. There was a couple times I skipped meditation or two <laughs> to sleep. <laughs> and are you sitting, are you sitting like, you know, Indian like cross leg? Or are you sitting on chairs? Or how are, how are you doing it generally? It really boils down to how you want to sit. Huh. Um, you whether you sit cross leg or you sitting you're sitting on your ankles. I mean, after four or five days, you've tried every position possible to sit in comfortably. <laughs> and for me, come day five, it's kind of like the mind quieted, the body quieted, and everything just kind of smoothed in. And that's when it really was just an amazing exploration of myself. Yeah. And really just an exploration of what was the awareness that was going on around me. So cool. I was really, really tapping into the river of well-being, my friend. Yeah. How many, <laughs> um, how many person, the number of personal development events you've been to in your life? Well, that's a really good question. Um, I really started going the last couple of years. I would say probably eight, nine. Okay. And I'm looking forward to 10, 11, 12. And I'm really looking forward to number 50. Yeah, because man, the personal develop is an area that you know I can direct. It's an area where the deeper I dig, the more amazingness I really find inside, and it allows me to find the amazingness of other people and to really find that deep connection. I now, had, never stop learning, man. On on that note, someone said to me, "Oh, how many of these do you have to go to before you're you're fixed or whatever?" And I said, "Hey, <laughs> listen, call me a junkie if you will, and and I probably am a bit of a seminar junkie." But at the same time, I've never been to one where at the end of it, I thought, mm, really wish I hadn't gone to that. Never one. Right. It's like never a workout. Once. You know, it's like a workout. You never get done with a workout and you're like, gosh, I shouldn't have done that. I just should I not have, have worked that. out. I feel <laughs> no, I, that's, that's a great way to, that's a great way to put it, man. And I think a lot of people have the misconception of, well, how do I go until I get fixed? 
right? I mean, th- there's really no fixing. It's kind of like having an event, and if you can imagine a spring in your head and a spring that spirals up, the event happens, and then you start moving up and away from it as you get older. What happens is you just keep circling around and you circling around to it. That event will always be there, but it's how you can actually learn to manage it mm-hmm. and to address it and sit there and be with it. That's what it. That's what it means by actually becoming self-aware. We can't change anything that happened like two seconds ago. We just can't. But what we can change, we can change. We can change how we actually view it from this point forward. Mm-hmm. And naturally, the magazine. I, I love. I love these events, man. You want to talk about being real and showing up to play? That that is the that is the funnest place to go and play. I found. No doubt. No doubt about that. How, okay, last number is the number of gotta do's you have on your daily list nowadays. Because you mentioned, you know, you had all this gotta do this, gotta do that, gotta do this. What? How many gotta do's do you have on your list on on a daily basis? Oh man, that's a really good question. Looking at my calendar, I would say there's probably twenty to thirty. And I'm going to let you in on a little secret that I've learned: is that the secret to life is to keep moving forward. Sometimes I don't get to all of them. But I know that they're still there. And as long as I work at them every day, then I know sooner or later I'm going to get to the place I want to be. Everybody has that that picture in their mind, whether it's personal development or success, whatever it is, where they have a straight line from A to B, right? Mm-hmm. Or A to, A to B to success is a straight arrow up. But both you and I know, man, that road is like a road on the Tour de France where it's twisty and turny and back around. And sometimes you even end up at the start again. <laughs> you go over <laughs> Um, always something, and I've just realized in my life that no matter how hard I work, there will always be something else to do. Yeah. So I used to beat myself up about it. Now I'm just like I prioritize and move forward. But there are a couple things that uh, I would love to share with you and everybody out there that I think are so important. Is that I do have certain things I do every day, and they're my daily routine. And I do those <clears throat> whether I get up at 10, which is never. <laughs> Usually about 5, 5.30 is when I'm climbing out of bed. But even on days if I wake up on the weekends, there's certain things I get I get up and do. I get up and I journal. I get up, I meditate. I, I sit in my hot tub, which is kind of my thing to do for about 20, 30 minutes and do my visualizations in there and just relax. It's kind of my cup of coffee is what I call it. I work out. I stretch. And then I sit down and I do some writing every day. And, of course, I always read my book. And that's I do those things, not necessarily always in that order. But I do those pretty much about six days a week. You know, five guaranteed, more, more often is be six. And I just do those things every day. And if I get, that's all I get done that day, that's what I get done because I know that's what helps keeping me flowing and keeps me moving forward and riding the wave of life, man. That's what it boils down to. So cool. Derek, tell us this. What three books have changed your life that you would encourage people to read? Uh, two of them you've already seen. But I'll say him again is Jack Canfield's Breakthrough to Success. And a little something I thought was just amazing is that he actually just had his 10-year reunion come out of his book, which is really cool. And he actually, on the inside, just inscribed to each one of his assistants a little personal note. So I thought that was really cool. So the new Success Principles by Jack Canfield, Start Something That Matters by Blake McCoskey, which was the Tom's guy. And uh, the the other book I would suggest reading is The Passion Test by Chris and Janet Atwood. Because I found out if I combine those three things together, then everything is in alignment for me. Hmm. Very true. Very true. I love that. All right, D, one last question is this. If someone comes to you and they're looking for advice on 
um, you know, maybe they've got a situation similar to yours where they feel like they've built something up and, and, and maybe they're not, uh, not in a position to continue it or things aren't going as well as they'd hoped. Maybe it's environmental or the uh, economics of the situation or whatever it may be. What advice do you give someone to get realigned? Because I think you're a guy who's very intentional about what you do. So what, what, uh, what advice would you give? You know, the first advice I would give them is to just do the passion test, first and foremost. Second advice I'd give them is to sit down and start writing out the core values. But, but the single most important advice I think I would give somebody that was in that position is to take some time off and go spend a week by themselves. Whether it's camping, whether it's Mexico, whether it's a meditation, whether it's just somewhere, <coughs> pardon me, whether it's just anywhere that they can spend some time by themselves because when you start spending time by yourself, you're really, you have all the answers are inside you. There's no, there's no tricks to the trade. There's ways for us to pull these answers out of people that are really fighting it. But if you really want to figure out the answers for yourself, just go spend some days and some time with yourself and just really ask yourself, you know, don't be doing any drinking while you're doing that. No partying while you're doing that because those things just get you off track, but really just to spend some time hanging out by yourself, doing some journaling, writing some things out. Um, you know, just writing things out, I've found out, and I've done a lot of talking with people, it's just getting stuff out of your head mm-hmm. so you can have new stuff come in. And a lot of people, I think, have those same old questions, just run around and run around their head, and they want to know why they're never answered. Yeah. The reality is that we can answer is if you write them down and answer them yourself. Or ask better questions, that, right? Ask different questions, find, the, find different answers. Different questions. But, but if you know your passions, you know your core values, your vision will start to open up and your mm-hmm. path will start to open up. Because the reality is, Adam, you know this, I know this, is life is a roller coaster ride. Just because you've had a successful business once and it's failed doesn't mean it's not going to happen again. A lot of entrepreneurs and people out there looking to build a better life, dude, they, they've claimed bankruptcy two or three times or they went through the ins and outs. But the reality is that they had a strong foundation to fall back on and that's what we all need is is a strong foundation. And that foundation comes from with inside the work that you're willing to do on yourself. Hmm. That That's really, that's the simplest, inform- and that's the simplest information I can share with anybody. Well, I think we leave it on that note, Derek. Tap into the river of well-being, start riding the wave of life, and just start being the authentic you. Because, man, I got to tell you, it's an amazing world to be a part of. And we need more people doing that on a daily basis. Thank you, brother. I appreciate your time. Thanks a lot, man. Aloha. Talk soon. Thanks for listening to the Build a Bigger Life podcast with Adam Carroll. If you liked what you heard on the podcast today, help spread the message of a bigger life by leaving a review and subscribing on iTunes. Our show today was sponsored by ShredMyMortgage.com, the fastest debt elimination tool on the planet. Hundreds of people, including podcast listener Brady B., blasted away all of his student loan debt his car loans, and is now working on paying off his house using only the software and the income he was already making. Check out ShredMyMortgage.com for a free analysis. Follow Adam on Twitter at Adam Carroll. Download a copy of the Build a Bigger Life blueprint at BuildABiggerLife.com and check out Adam's TEDx talk on YouTube. Until next week, may you build a bigger life.